<clears throat> Run. Peel. Chat. Repeat. repeat. Welcome to episode 16 of Run, Peel, Chat, Repeat. Thank you for lending us your ears for the next one hour, we reckon. Let's see how we go. I'm joined by Neil, the Worthing Warrior. Hey. <laughs> how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I realised that these last two episodes, you've sort of, you've you've introduced us both and um, uh, very kindly given us all like PBs, big up. And we've just sort of sat there going, ah, we're not going to introduce you. <laughs> That's fine. So, it's yeah. not a problem. Not a problem. Um, Not because you're better yeah. than me, so I leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not mention. It's tough to um, to keep thinking of one, so I thought I'd go with an alliteration. And joining us from the middle of the uh, country-ish um, is Matt, the Watford. The double was quite tough. You guys need to... W was tough. We have to think of different... Watford Warrior. <laughs> well, we've got Worthing Warrior, so it's the Watford. Wander Wanderer. Wanderer. You know what? Wanderer. That's ridiculous that you've you've gone for that because that's what I had. The ah, Watford yes. Wanderer. Um, and that. I mean, there was another W word that I could have gone with. <laughs> it's more apt for Neil. Um, and I didn't want to call you a wannabe because that's obviously the word you were thinking of. That's anyway, right. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm trying to um, I'm trying to come up with an intro for Sam. <laughs> Um, so maybe you should be the, where did you, where did you come at the Fred Hughes? Fred Hughes, eight? I was eight, 18. 18th? Yeah, yeah. Deep field, man. You know, I had a look at it yesterday, 43 people under the hour. What? I think that is wow. strong, right? It's a seriously, I did look at the results. But it was brilliant because, you know, it's like like Leeds Abbey Dash where you've got people around you all the time. Like I had by the end still a group of two others who were pushing me on. So um, thanks, Nathan Pask, for that. But, yeah, okay. we'll get to that. 18th doesn't have 18th doesn't have a ring to it. So we'll call <laughs> you the 56, 38, 10 mile man from, from northwest London. Yeah, I was very happy with that. The Dollis Hill. D Dodger. Dodger. Yeah. <laughs> Something head. <laughs> <laughs> oh what oh and i was yeah. to be the warrior as well i thought anyway that is um good intros thank you very much i i hope to that it continues from now on one of you have to take up the mantle and on the spot think of something for me <clears throat> that i've had the whole week to think of for you guys um <laughs> first up beers bevs and then a thing to berate yourself with I'd like to see. Yes, Matt. There we go. Oh, no. You don't have the headphones today and, and actually told. Didn't get the sound. No. Yeah. But I've just cracked a jungle trip New England pale ale. Ooh. Wow. That's a it's nice can. can. Like a beautiful can. Yeah. Yeah, I picked beautiful. it based on the can. It's got nice little pictures on the side. And it's a green kind of aqua oh, hue. Some a guy flowers. walking through a jungle with a trench coat on. <laughs> yeah. Pretty nice. Very, very nice pastel colours, some good yeah. um, font. It's that the, is it's strong. The, it it's makes the can. The London Beer Factory. Uh, is the can a uh, matte finish? Ha. That's important. Uh, it is. It is indeed matte finish. Oh, brilliant. That's strong. Well done, Neil. Yep. That's why he picked it. 
Um, can we get a, a score on the door? It is very citrus. I mean, it says it on the can, to be fair, but it is very citrusy. <laughs> um, ooh, 7.13. Ooh. 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 Strong. That's your, highest, that's your highest one yet. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, oh, you were 6.2. Yeah. yeah. The non-alc one got a good score, though. Anyway. 6.2, yeah. 6.1? Yeah, anyway. Uh, Neil. What's going on? Oh, yes, of course. We're still Hi, how are you in doing? January. Oh, just. Wow. We are. We are in joy from beer January still. And oh, my God. My, Before uh... you go ahead with that, can I point out to anyone listening and not watching everyone that Neil has an air extractor on the top of it, right? That is one of those corks that you can pull the air out so it doesn't go off like you Brilliant. need it. That's going to be drunk within two days, but you are fancy-pantsy, been... pantsy, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm halfway through this. Unlike those um, box drinkers, I wonder I wonder if you're going to pull out the box still. I'd be interested to know whether you've gotten rid of that box uh, yet or, or whether, mm. it's, uh, whether it's still going. But halfway through, um, I, this Christmas selection box from uh, Naked Wines, I don't... I'm not promoting them, but they're pretty good. Uh, came with the uh, the air extractor as well. So yeah, you whack the thing on the top and you pop a plunger on top of that, and you just kind of pull out all the air from inside it until it until it like slams. Like once you let go of the pulley, it sort of pulls itself back into the bottle. You know that the air suction is is so great that there's no air in there. So ready for it? My mic. Nah, oh, we didn't get it. We didn't get it. We didn't right, get it. I'll do. I'll... <laughs> okay, it didn't work. But that was it. That was a really good one. Okay, anyway, this is a this is a, a type of wine called a Zinfandel. I actually have no idea. I had one the other day. I feel like it's a blend. Is it from of, California? It's American. Yeah, it's uh, from 2020. It... A good year for for no one. But it's it, a mix um... of Shiraz and Cabernet Sauvignon. Don't tell me. Is that true? Yeah. Neil or real? Yeah, interesting. Well, I I'll, think it I'll, is I'll go with Neil. I can't remember the other one. Yeah. Well, either way, um, I have had a little bit and I will give it a probably about an eight. Uh, I have tried Ooh. it before. So it's not quite as high as the other. Um, the mm. other one, my first one on my first, uh, my Shiraz <laughs> on the first week. Because uh, you were slightly yeah. tipsy by that point. So exactly. You drink, oh, yeah. oh, you're not drinking out of a Nutella box today. Oh, yeah, not this time. <laughs> no, that's for white wine only. That's why this is. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a mellow taste. It's an in sorry. Did I say it was Zinfandel? Um, yeah, Stephen Miller. There you go. Good lad. Lovely, jubbly, and Sam. Very nice. I have got probably the best can I've laid eyes on. Oh, uh, Beaver Town. So it's Beaver Town, but it's a new that one looks... they've got called a Lunar Haze. And look Luna at the Haze. top as well. Oh, it's like pink with pink, a man. green can opener. And the artwork is just pure Led Zeppelin, isn't it? Yeah. My That's mate what... does all the um, all the sort of photos for their marketing. Oh, wow. love. So he has a sh he has a shed full of Beaver Town beers. Is this the yeah. mate that you ran with recently? Uh, I ran with him over Christmas. Uh, maybe New that's Year's it. Day, I think I ran with him actually. Very nice. 
But uh, yeah, so his wedding, all the beers were just Beaver Town for free. That's Love great. It. That's great. We Let's hear what, what the sound sounds like. Oh, it was a subtle one. Oh, that's oh. bad. It sounded great to me. So actually, it sounded it sounded a bit like a child's fart. To be yeah. <laughs> so the, the yeah the the uh, the hiss was there, wasn't it? But it didn't quite get the crack. So yeah, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to have another one next week and do better than that for the sound. Maybe so get like, maybe <clears> get hold of some like mics. Go and buy some proper mics. Um, so we could just get that sound and then uh, what do you some, do some spend quality. hundreds spend hundreds of pounds on. The best mics we can each just just for that crack and then is it um a folly artist who does that you know making the sounds for movies oh Holly? yeah so that's right you've got to um, job well i heard uh I, I watched a documentary of people doing the sound for the archers radio shows and stuff. um apparently the sound of mate uh oh it, it's it's a, a vet um giving a birthing a cow a calf pulling a calf out of a cow. Yeah. Um, is yogurt cartons being crushed? Oh, oh yeah. No. Apparently that's that is the exact sound. And they have to I have can never eat a yogurt again. Do they need to have the yogurt in them when they're being crushed? I guess. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Of course. Of course. Oh. It has to be there, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but unfortunately, it's a five a four point five percent. So it's not quite as strong tasting as the usual beaver town so i'd only give this one a six and a half out of ten i'd say you can't be having too strong it's uh, it's midweek so it is midweek yes yeah. this is true well, well thank we've you we've learned we've learned that neil's so far in this episode we've learned that neil's tasting wine is streets ahead of his taste in television <laughs> <laughs> very good what a documentary choice that is <laughs> Um, next we have the third Neil or Real round three, which I'm oh. very much looking forward to. So the floor the, is yours. The third fact. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so we're likely. I mean, we we've mentioned it once already, and I, I expect we're going to talk about Fred Hughes today aren't we? Frederick, yeah, we should talk Frederick about Frederick Hughes. Um, okay, so I thought it would be, you know, it would be good. You know, Fred Hughes, obviously, uh, 30 years, it's been going, named after a famous St Albans runner. Uh, famously, uh, obviously, he was the fifth man to run under a four-minute mile, of course, uh, as we all know. the um, This is not the Fred I'm talking about. This is the Fred I want to talk about is Fred Perry, the tennis player okay so uh of course fred perry won wimbledon and um that was back in the 30s long before um you know kind of celebrities might be running marathons and uh uh of course he would have run a sub free had he wanted to but he was so kind of good at tennis it just wasn't the thing at the time to sort of just enter a marathon you're gonna like turn up at a marathon and um, dress up as a tap or something and sort of run for, for charities and water aid and whatnot but no um, but of course uh, Fred Perry uh, not to be mistaken um, for the, the the person who invented uh, well the, the company Perrier Perrier water 
because of course um, you'd think Fred Perry, Perrier Water, you know, it was his company, of course, wouldn't you? Uh, Perrier Water. <laughs> would you? Um, you would. You absolutely would. I mean, you it's would. just well known, of course. Yeah, well yes. known, of course, that uh, Perrier Water would be the wrong choice of water for a marathon, mm -hmm. because as we all know, Perrier Water is sparkling water. Um, and that sort of links us back because I'm realizing now that I'm, 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 I'm gabbling on a little bit, but what I'm really coming to is the fact that Perrier water being a substance, they wouldn't use it at marathon. Let's, let's, let's pick a still water and we'll go with Buxton water. Buxton water, of course, is the water of choice at London Marathon. Now, here's the fact. It's sustainability, and it may be worth us talking about this anyway at some point, you know, what's the big dilemma, recycling, all this kind of malarkey in a marathon. Um, do you revert to cups? You know, no. what does a marathon do in this kind of thing? So, no. um, and I was looking at um, online, an absolutely kind of mind-blowing stat to me, okay, was that uh, I looked upon to the Buxton Water website, and they are proud to have the fact for the day the fact the neil the real who knows or is it real or is it neil uh that they had um recycled so this is not the number of bottles on the course but they'd actually recycled half a million bottles and recycled them into bottles for other races. So from the London Marathon in 2022, October 22, they recycled half a million bottles. Now this is not an exact figure. They didn't like count one, mm -hmm. two, three, four, two, half a million. We're rounding, okay? We're rounding to the nearest hundred thousand. Half a million bottles were recycled at the London Marathon 2022. Um, well, that's and that's quite easy. Your maths. sort of tie in from mm. Fred Hughes, uh, the famous sub four, fifth person to do sub four marathon. Fred Perry could have done a sub three, didn't want to. <laughs> Perry Water, sparkling. You wouldn't have that at a marathon. I don't think it's been used in a marathon. I've looked online, can't find it. Buxton Water, of course. <laughs> 500,000 bottles were recycled. Oh, now, Matt, <clears throat> I can see you're looking up. Now, either I'm on your screen ahead of you or you've got Wikipedia. So what I've just remembered from last week is that I, I asked you to look at a photo of Philip Taylor, the, mm. the dart player. And I've got a feeling that neither of you knew who he was. And I've got a, I had a sort of inkling that maybe a photo giveaway of Phil Taylor might have revealed that he wasn't in fact, <laughs> as fit as he looks like he could have been to run 34 40. So no looking up, no looking up. I don't want you to look up um, Buxton on- No, we won't look up anything. Wikipedia. But is my fact true? Have a Neil, first, um, Matt rather, first thoughts are to the, to the, to the, closest you know rounded rounded up so anywhere from 400 to 500,000 if there are 40,000 ish runners at London Marathon is that 10 bottles per yeah well I thought it was fifth 
was it not fifty thousand last year? But okay, even then, cool. that would be that would be ten bottles. Ten per bottles stop. per runner, and that's just that's just extortionate. But they do <laughs> overdo the water, and you they do. But then, why would they need to recycle it? It's not used. They want to recycle the amount that they've used, so they've got a zero carbon footprint. I guess maybe. I think I think there's a number, but I don't know if half a million is the one that it is. It seems high, but like they've got that fact on their website, for instance. I, I don't doubt that, but I don't think that fact includes the number five hundred thousand. Currently, I, I would be going for like that's a Neil. It's interesting because what what I was thinking this week was that I could have done a time, I could have done another. Oh, so and so got this time, and it's a bit of a boring sort of one to go in with so i was i was trying to find something actually quite interesting mm, and running related a, yeah exactly we had to go back to running so yeah do you want to have a bit more time to think about oh it? yeah 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 we can, definitely. We can return we got to the, we got what to are you what the... are you guys why don't you write this down write this down have a think and uh can we return to the other facts in your near or real <laughs> the real the other they're, it's all true Still true 100 percent it's not because well, the lovely Perry, lady at fred hughes <laughs> when, i swear once told me the where the name came from and go go for it well it was just a random club member who i think he got knocked off his bike or something yeah and he got killed killed yeah. in a cycling accident he did not he did not run a sub four minute mile that's for sure well, well, or did he? Well, <laughs> he, was he? Or, or was he? Or was he the fifth person ever to run it in the world? But um, Matt, going on that, the thing that I thought most about Neil's um, reveal was how windy it was. He was taking us on this ridiculous journey on purpose. I don't know where Fred mind. Perry came from. Well, it's, it's it's that link to the water, isn't it? Perrier, Bink, Brux, but it's completely different yeah. brand. He didn't need to do it. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's water, so it's like you, you have, know, if you have get... a linking thing going yeah. through. Uh, so Fred, Fred Hughes, he wants to start with. Then he went to Fred Perry, Fred Perrier. Perrier. So he's trying to be convoluted, which could be a double bluff. You're trying actually... to say this is trying to say this was a tenuous link. The other <laughs> thing I'll say, going the other side, Matt, the devil's advocate is. How many water stations are there at London Marathon? That's a very good question. Every 5K, right? Yeah. Well, there's not 10. So it's less than 10. It's eight, isn't it? 5K. Nice. So there'll be every 5K from 5 to 40, there's a, there's a water station. And there is one at 40K because I've seen it and I didn't take water, but I felt like I wanted to stop there. And so that's... How many guys? How many times you have, have you run? run yeah. How many times have you run London Marathon? You must, 16. you must remember once. Oh well, <laughs> once I didn't take a single water. Oh, what? Um, and what? What was the thought process behind that? Because he wanted to run two forty. Got it. No, I just, I just didn't want any water. You had it wasn't to... hot. You have to replace water, though, Matt, surely. It wasn't hot. Were you not sweating? It was hot. It was hot. Not this year. I was watching it. I was boiling. It was quite warm. Also, Matt's marginal gains. We'll have to come back and revisit this. Hydration. 
Yeah. Because I reckon yeah. hydration Great. is massive. And it doesn't matter if it's even Fred Hughes. Did you have any water at Fred Hughes? No. <laughs> 10 miles. He takes a water in 10 miles. I took two waters. I think, I think a mouthful. Yes. Um, I know that this thing back to sustainability slightly, we can talk about this at some point, but you know, the whole recycling bottles. And I know some places, <clears throat> I think Bath Half were one this year. Absolutely ridiculous. You, did, you guys didn't do it, but they had one water station. I did. You did do it this year. Yeah, I ran yeah, yes, my wife. Of course yeah. you did. Yes, of course. And Jen got her PB. Sorry. Right. Jen's uh, NIF, NIF. NIF got her PB. Um, but the water station came at like 3K. And like you just went, nah, don't want it right now. I'll get one later. And they didn't. And it was a double lap course. They didn't put another one on because they had like LucasAid gels on the other one which was at 6k so you had to loop right back round until it got to about 12k and that was my first water at the bath half which was a little cup um but I don't know it's that sort of thought of well it's a cup so it's it's much it's more recyclable and stuff but I think, you know mm. it's, it's not so much if there is a plan that bottles can get recycled and turned into bottles then absolutely fine you know you've got a bottle drop zone and that's the way to do it. Who cares? You know, it's Have you ever uh, had a water um, mm -hmm. in the, whatever it is, like seaweed or whatever, the little oh, thing that dissolves in your mouth? Yeah, I like it. I've got time for that. Quite fun, actually. I think, yeah, like, yeah really fun. Yeah. But have you ever bitten one and it's shot into the back of your throat? No. <laughs> <laughs> was, that um, was that during a race? Must yeah, that was only during a race. I don't enjoy those at home, but it was not a good idea. Because it's kind of like a cup, you know, you either get loads in or you get none in. And yes, coming back to those cups, I know that they're better for the environment and stuff. But also, if you're not actually taking on any water, then they're not doing their job. And I can't carry on running the pace I want to run and drink from one of those cups. It's just not possible. Also, here's an important thing. In a marathon or another road race distance of your choice, isn't it really fun? To be able to pick a bottle, have a sip, pour a bit over your head, leave a bit in there, so it's got a bit of weightedness at the bottom, and then launch it as you're running and try to get the absolute trajectile, so that this big arch lands. You know, you throw it up and it lands perfectly in the bin, and you're and you do it in front of everybody. Wow! My bunch is. Have you ever ever thought? Uh, are you a bin thrower? I'm definitely a bin thrower, but I usually try and concentrate on the race at that point. Um, I like that, though. I like that. The underarm chuck. Oh, but then the chances that you catch it on your finger oh. and it goes over your shoulder. Oh, and throw it behind you. Oh, God. Like a, fest like, like a, like like a festival. New, yeah, so you used to throw beer at festivals or whatever other coloured substances, and now you throw water at running festivals oh running festivals yeah i like that though and they do actually have targeted bins don't they they've got bins with a target that you throw it at and then it drops into the bin like a bat oh board. yeah everyone's doing it now you're running along and person to your left is launching it across your face just <laughs> just to try and get it onto that target but still if it goes in everyone is satisfied. One of my one of my pet peeves in races is you know when they don't have a bin or like they have one bin just after the water station which people aren't ready for so yeah so they dispose of it on the road and obviously you've got in my mind you've got two choices you throw it completely off the road yeah. so like pavement or you throw it into the gutter so like literally to hit the curb but then 
there's always that guy that just drops it in the middle of the road. Yeah. yeah. Who it's does that? Absolute death oh, trap. I've got a story. It's so rude. We were we were doing the green belt relay um, about 2018, I think. Um, as such, your you know your team at one stage has to, I think one stage on both days or possibly just once on the whole weekend has to be like the marshals for the whole events as well as you know running. You're you're the ones marshalling. I remember there was uh, me. I was with uh, Martin, uh, Evil Martin, and Jasper. And we were manning one of the stations on the Lee Valley, on the, the, the canal there. Um, there's only like 50 people in each race. And I remember this guy just, I think he must have been like second or something. He, yeah, he was, he was lagging behind Johnny, um, Johnny Suttle. And anyway, he ran past, <laughs> picked a cup, plastic cup out of our hands. <laughs> and he just like ran and then just launched it into the hedge. Oh. Like right up into this hedge. It's right by the canal. But we were like, hey, just like, just... What, what what is this? <laughs> Fifty people in this race. We had to kind of clamber into this hedge and try and find mm. his car. <laughs> and that's why he yeah. came second. Good karma. He came, yeah, karma, yeah. karma. The karma police came. Yes, yes. I was going to ask you what to reveal what club, but then we just have to edit that out. So let's leave that out. <laughs> anyway, really good fun. Um, and that brings us on to talking about a bit of running, which is a nice idea. Thanks for that, Neil or Real. We will think about it and come Fact. back towards the end um highlight runs of the week um having heard some lovely neil tones recently should we go to matt first for these yeah sure so uh we're recording this a little bit late this week so i just have to <laughs> remind myself which we, we're covering the week commencing the 16th yeah race week actually so you might right. have had a little bit of a yeah, race week keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can always talk about the race together if you really want. No. What should we do about the race, Sam? I mean, I didn't see you anywhere <laughs> between zero 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 one and okay. fifty-six thirty no, fifty one when I'd finished across the line. Oh, ignore so I think you do yours. Yeah, you do yours, Sam. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Race week, two sessions, one that was 5k threshold-ish, did, did it on a treadmill, just throw that in just to annoy the two of you. Awesome. Uh, and then Thursday I did five by three minutes um, at what pace? At like 5k, 10k sort of pace or effort. And then, so yeah, no, relatively light week and then fred hughes on sunday big race mm. so what to say i love that race i just, it's just great you start on a pavement it's way too narrow you're basically always on the grass yeah it's uneven it's next to a waitrose <laughs> just so many brilliant points it's always cold so yet again this year it was pretty much freezing Nearly got called off. Yeah, really? we had to do the, the backup course, the two-lap The night course. before, they sent us an email saying, look out for an email tomorrow. The two-lap includes quite a steep climb, doesn't it? No, the, the, the one-lap is the, is the bigger hill. So the two-lap is actually flatter, faster, of course. Oh, cheating. Okay. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
but it, I, I just think it's great that they've got two certified courses. Yeah, like yeah. Some races don't even bother to certify one, and they've certified two courses. <laughs> so true. It's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so it was the yeah, roughly sort of flatter of the two options. Still got a little bit of undulation in it, but it's just lovely, isn't it? You go around sort of some country lanes, around St Albans, and there's a little like, residential bit, which isn't the prettiest, but all in all, it's just a, I don't know, just a good race, good atmosphere. Seemed, seemed like one of the bigger years. There were about 1,200 people on the entry list. Wow. So it seemed like a much bigger event this year, or bigger in terms of numbers anyway. Mm. Same old race setup, but more numbers, I thought. Um, and yeah, well, well the, the guy that won, Scott Cousins, who won last year, the course record of like 50 minutes, 12 seconds or something, he returned again this year and set another course record in 49 minutes. So, which, yeah, is just okay. Yeah. I mean, he's very quick on any course, but on an undulating, like <laughs> unclosed roads, finish on a pavement sort of course, that is rapid, isn't it? It's and just to going. put that into even more perspective, which I didn't hear. In- realize until someone said it the other day obviously it's a 10 mile race so that is sub five minute miles 10 times and remember how i was banging on about being so happy that i managed a sub five minute mile around a track with a pacer <laughs> in the summer and this guy has gone and banged out 10 of them on an icy course on his own um yeah like you say it isn't flat it really isn't oh uh, he would have had a bike he would have, have had, had a bike, bike. yeah so- yeah Cheating. <laughs> cheating. Right, so I keep saying cheating. No, very good. It's pretty. Yeah, good. I mean, it was a, it was apparent after about fifty meters that <laughs> nobody was going to keep up with him. He just went. Meters. I think Matt, I think you called it actually. I think mm. you called it in that week. You were sort of assessing who was on the entry list to us. Like, yeah. So uh, he's in. He's in. Not got a hope. I was. I was trying to be more optimistic. I was like, well, the guy's been injured for like the best part of the whole year last year but uh, i think he's different i think yeah i think he got injured not long after fred hughes last year or something yeah yeah but no he was away and gone very early doors and then there was what was really good though and again what we actually called in the week when we were messaging about the 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 field was that there was then a really big pack there were about seven or eight of us for about two or three miles all together and I knew a few of the all I had raced, didn't don't know them, but I raced a few of them before. And obviously there's Andy and me from Queen's Park. Andy's very, very, very fit at the minute. Um, and yeah, a couple of other guys that I've raced before and know that they are very quick sort of kickers. So I thought if I plus I think we talked about this about the course. Can't remember if we spoke about it last week, but you you go around the last bend and obviously like i say it's on the pavements it's very narrow um there's not much room to overtake in the last few hundred meters so i always think if you if you go if you finish the last turn ahead and you're close to somebody else if you're ahead going around that last turn you've got a good chance of staying ahead yeah so basically i didn't want to leave it to a kick because they were all quite quick so from three miles, I decided that seven was too big a group and we needed to make it painful. So put a bit of a spurt, like concerted effort to just tire people out, um, which worked up until just before the last turn when <laughs> the guy still had enough to get around me. Oh, wow. So 
So I was second the whole race and then third in the end. But yeah, he he was way too strong. So where did um, he overtake you exactly? Literally around that last bend. Because I got into the last bend thinking, oh my God, I'm ahead. Job done. Oh. And he literally overtook on the, you know, the like the bit of road before it becomes pavement. Okay, yeah. So you've 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 run along that bit to the main road where they go watch the hole. Correct. And then you turn right onto the main road. Has he overtaken there? Yeah, on the road. Oh, before the absolute final turn into this. Okay. Because I was thinking he'd gone onto the grass or something. Grass. Somewhere he would have run off the grass. Yeah, no, he got. He was ahead just before the grass. Just before, bastard. You know, when somebody kicks past you, and they kick past so quick. That even if you try, you couldn't. Like there was no chance I was keeping yeah. up with him. He was very quick. Although it's it, oh yeah no I, I agree and I couldn't have done it clearly. But um, I remember Andy kicking past me once in the summer league, and I thought I'm just going to try and hold on to him because it's the last hundred meters. And then somehow that made him think, oh Sam's got more in him, and I managed to get past him just at the end. Oh. So it's so interesting. But then saying that in that situation you know what you have to give don't well, you so he passed about nine miles mm. well no just past nine miles he got passed and i was feeling a bit sick at this point i told sam i <laughs> threw up in my mouth a little bit about nine miles i was feeling really unwell probably pushed it a little bit too hard at three miles um so he went past and i thought oh, there we go that's that's that done and then i managed to get back past him just before that last turn so, and like I say, I thought if you're ahead of that last turn, job done. And so I was just getting excited that I got 100 quid on my on the way mm. to place. And then, and then, like I say, he actually put a kick in and, and went passed away too quick. So, uh, but yeah, no, overall, it was, it was a really fun race to have like a group and then mm. to have like a try and come up with a way of winning your group, obviously not winning the race, but winning your group. Yeah, like on the fly as well. That's quite fun. Yeah. So yeah, it's I just love that race. It's always always great. It's not a PB though, is it? No, my PB is is that course, but um, yeah, different. Yeah, that What's that it? course, the double, the double. Yeah. So what yeah, was your? No, it's about half a minute slower. Oh, was it really? And did you feel like you were fitter that time? I thought I had a good chance this year of getting a very similar time. Um, so in a way, I guess it's a bit disappointing to be so much slower, but like I said, I thought I, oh, I, I wasn't really bothered about time. It was just about racing. It sounded know, like, it sounded like it was more like a race yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, instead of a time trial. It sounded like you were really trying to, you, you'd all sort of acknowledged the winner, um, from about <laughs> 50 meters and you were like, right, this group of seven are, are really cracking out, um, cracking on to try and get that winner winner of that pack so yeah, yeah. well amazing. i think all i thought was there's seven of us and nobody looks like they're completely out of their depth and if we go into like the last mile or even two miles and there's seven of us you could come eighth in this race <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to come eighth. yeah so, how far behind you was fourth oh i don't have the results in front of me uh hang on i do i do still have the window open so the guy in first was 49.38. And then the guy in second was 5909, uh, 5309. I was 
Like everybody was very close. Oh wow! And so, do you th- could you could you hear people behind you still when you were running that last long straight? Uh, they were there. No, I only thought there were the two of us, and then we finished, and literally a load more people came. <laughs> I thought we'd sort of broken past everyone, and then they all just came in. So yeah, a good job. I didn't give yeah. up completely because a load of people would have flown past. Cool. You, you did great, yeah. I mean, so you've better. come third, got the bronze, and also your county champion. County champion. Yeah, I live in Hertfordshire now. So yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? Don't know. Got a medal. <laughs> does that mean you run for the county in a road race, an inter-county road race, or something? No, I don't think so. Don't that know. would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I've run for Middlesex before, yeah, and that yeah. was, but that was track, and that was, that was, not because I won anything. I came second, I think, in a race of about five people. Nobody turns up to the county track champs, do they? So, mm. um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it gets you, but I can't imagine there's a ten mile thing <laughs> yeah. that you get invited to. So. Yeah, that is a shame. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I should be having an invitational from um, Middlesex yes. for my 1500. Yes. Being guys, 40 seconds behind the winner, I guess. I guys, think. you should get on get on the email. Get on the email right away. <laughs> as as this is finished, get on the email. <laughs> what do I get? <laughs> what do I get? So get me my vest. Send yeah. me my vest now. <laughs> Great week, though. And... Well done on those the double po- podium. That was great fun. What does your you still ran like a good hundred and twenty? What was it? Hundred twenty five? What did you run for the week? Oh no no no! Uh, you mean weekly mileage? I ran hundred k. Ah, nice. So you did step down a bit, little bit. Yeah. Very yes. nice. Very nice. Um, Neil. Oh, I'll, I'll was yours probably be a bit briefer than you guys because i didn't have any fancy fancy races like you two um although i know you were trying to egg me on to enter uh i had a- we both we both said at the start like we were like just kind, kind of, of expecting neil to just turn up <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> you're close i think when you realized i was actually in london on the weekend um and yeah, it was you know, disgraceful you know trotting around uh, uh kind of, where was i um south london area um burgess park etc but yeah no i uh, i um tuesday i whacked out a tempo uh 10k called it 10 tempo tantrum i'm getting quite quite pleased with my uh, titles um i <laughs> did a 5k warm-up with then 5k at 350s uh, per kilometer and then 5k at 342s which is six minute mile i think um yeah, I was stuffed basically after that. But yeah, it was a nice one. I'm out towards, so from the, uh, if you head east out of Worthing along the seafront, you get to a town called Shoreham by sea. Um, and you can make a little loop um, around over this little footbridge and back all the way up the coast to Worthing. It's all like a long sort of bike path. Um, so out on the road and back on the bike path, which is kind of like my, my preferred choice. So yeah, that was that. That was a that was a good ten miler at, at on lunchtime lunch break. Um, the Thursday I um, uh, went and did a track session, um, a Jeff track session, 
Um, though I was the only person there. <laughs> Numbers are dwindling a little bit. Well, uh, I was a little late. There was a there was a couple of people already doing their doing their thing. Um, but yeah, I th I feel like we might be thinking about um, changing up and trying to get a group of us to to uh, group of us who are all about the same standards uh, around here to to get together um, potentially on a Tuesday night um, and do a track night because we want to have a track session with intervals, but um, so uh, again, it'll be it'll be uh, the sessions probably would still be dictated by uh, by Jeff, who, who runs the run shop up the road. Uh, but we're still deciding what we're going to do. <laughs> but anyway, if the numbers are up, it'll be good. So yeah, I did uh, twelve hundred by four, and then a huge warm up, huge warm down um, via the pub, uh, and then into into London. And uh, my only last session really because it two four twelves. I thought that wasn't maybe enough, so I. I, I, I um, was in Camberwell that Saturday and decided to go uh, uh, nuts at the Burgess Park Run, or nuts for me. Um, really nice course, actually. Beautifully icy day. Actually quite slippery on the main stretch out. So I was really trying to take it easy, like oh, fast, but like, um, but steady. So it was quite, it was quite hard on the, on the core. But um, I think I finished 17 and a half for that 5K. So that was it really, my week. Um, nice. It's getting longer. Each week's getting longer now. So my uh, my, my my graph is going up, um, mm. which is nice. What was it this week? Um, Eighty five kilometers. So I'm getting mm. up there. Yeah, getting up there. What distance was your yeah. long run? You say? Uh, my long run was just a half marathon, but mm. it was a good tour. It was a tour of the <laughs> yes. the five park challenge. Yeah. Ruskin Park, Mietzfields Park, Kennington Park, Burgess Park, Peckham Rye Park. I actually joined in the Kennington Park Children's Five uh, Children's Park Run. I realised I was looking for um, Strava heat maps for like normal routes or you know well-run routes. And obviously, if <laughs> lots and lots of people are constantly running around Kennington Park, it's yeah, it was a park run and it was a children's park run. So it was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like people um, cheering me on with like tambourines and maracas. And I was like, oh, okay, this is <laughs> a bit weird, but um, thank you very much. Ran through the finish final. I collected my uh, certificate. Um, <laughs> no, no, that was it. Nice, nice little run. Yeah. Yeah, some nice bars there, the blue bars. Yeah, it's Brady, going up. To say. Yeah. 50K, yeah. 66, yeah. 77, 85. Oh. Gorgeous. Um, it's a gorgeous day on Sunday. So, I mean, with, with your um, Fred Hughes, you know, I mean, imagine if you guys weren't going nuts, you might have taken a few photos as you were going. Um, maybe there's some good race photos. I'd like to see some if, if there are any. Mm, um, I did try to enjoy it. Absolutely glorious out in um, mm. out in uh, Burgess Park. All the lakes, the lake, the main lake was frozen at Ramp Pass, but yeah, just couldn't help but stop lovely Sam sounds sure like a good. Good, good week yeah um, good. yeah I had a bit of a slow start to the week I didn't run Monday or Tuesday I'd meant to run on Tuesday but had a little bit of a nursery pick up a little bit earlier so had to go there for a slightly poorly darly and um, and so managed to get out on Wednesday <clears throat> for I, I didn't know what I was going to do until I was out there on the grill and I thought I'd do something like some minutes and 
I don't know if you think about it while you're doing your run, but I thought my Strava title would be tens because I did a 10 minute tempo at the start, just completely to feel like something that was like a good seven out of 10. And then 10 times a minute on, minute off, minute on, minute off. Um, kind of around the east side of the grill that Matt um, discovered as the proper bit of race course. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Just putting a bit of speed into the minutes. I thought I was going a lot quicker than I did. It was pretty um, sorry sight to see when I <laughs> noticed that I hadn't done that. But the, my, my GPS is all over the place. Look at it. I wonder if I need to sort that out somehow, like plug it in or get a new watch. Um, throw, it away. throw it away. Put it on the bay. A um, couple of easy runs for the rest of the week. And there was no park run on Saturday. So I thought, you know what? I just won't run. I'll have a have a chilled one the day before and see what that how that translates for the for the race the next day. Um, then we had this email, like I say, about four o'clock saying there's ice on the course. We're going to the two lap route. We actually might call it off. We'll let you know early tomorrow. And we were going out. My mum was watching Dali and we're going out with them as friends to watch and Juliet. Very good. I really, really recommend it. Um, a load of songs by Max Martin, who's written for everyone pop-wise. What is that, a play? Uh, yeah, yeah, a musical. play. Yeah. So it's basically a musical about what would have happened if Juliet didn't die. <gasps> yeah. Always wondered. I've always wondered. Haven't I like you? the idea of yeah, I've always liked the idea of a sort of alternative ending, like the Titanic, like not actually sinking. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And so they had all these songs from Backstreet Boys to Britney to Celine Dion, to Katy Perry. Oh, and this guy has written all of these songs and obviously phenomenal performers. So that was great fun. But it also meant that I did have a bit of wine with dinner, a little bit of beer, which I didn't plan to have, but I thought the race is off. It is freezing. So went to bed probably about 12, be up for like seven-ish, get out for eight. And I woke up at three o'clock and I was convinced that I would have had an email at three o'clock in the morning. So I turned my phone on, checked. There was no email. I guess they hadn't checked the course by then. <laughs> and then <laughs> checked again at seven when I properly woke up. Nothing. Um, so, yeah, the race was on. Went over there with Matt, Jack and Monica. Had a nice warm up. Even got a good parking space. We were there nice and early. Um, God, I think there, how many hoops were there? This photo is massive yeah, I, I've, um, I counted on the results 55 jeez ah, 55 that's like a 55 summary. yeah so that photo doesn't do it justice and I think there were 10 people who had signed up and didn't come so ah. 65 I mean that is no no oh I see oh my god yeah it right. didn't run yeah ah, and so the right. photo doesn't do it justice yes because not everyone would have been able to be there for that you know well, it is big, 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 uh, big toilet queue big toilet yeah queue. there were big big queues so yeah, freezing. In fact, we managed to get Matt Check to take his bag to the start line to put our um, hoodies in, but at, but we didn't need to. Everyone had flung them over the tree, so we could have just done that. I think that's what we might do next year. Very good idea, because like you say, it's always freezing. Um, did some strides with Matt, which was quite demoralizing. He's extremely fast. You don't even look like you're trying, Matt, and you were flying um but i thought it's fine i'm um i'm just gonna run to feel i'm 
you know, see, see how it goes. No better place to do a stride than on a Waitrose access road. Up to it, yeah, it's slightly yeah. hilly. Um, and then, yeah, I was just like, I don't really know what to expect from this. So I'm just going to, I knew that Nathan was trying to run a PB, which would be in under 58 minutes. And I thought that's quite nice. So I'll run with him. And then there were a couple of other guys I know from the race before and a chaser called Donald Moran, who is always a good, good marker to try and stay with. And um, Leanna Mayer's brother. Did you beat him? I can't remember. Where is he in the results? Yeah, I did. He was just a little bit down. I think he was around 58, 57. Okay. Um, and right. Leanna's brother, who beat me last year, Tim, and he's uh, he's got the Park Run, Gladstone Park Run buggy PB. I think he's like sub 19 with a buggy. Ooh. Yeah. So, and he said he was feeling good. So I was with them on the start line. And like you say, really interesting start, isn't it? You're just so boxed in. It's not worth going off the path. And then you open up onto that country lane and everyone kind of starts to get into the stride a bit. Um, did you yeah. see, speaking of the start, did you see how awkward it was? So there was no marshal and the timer just had like a 24 hour clock that was ticking from 9.59 all the way up to 10 a.m., which was the start time. And so there was this lady with her two young children and the kids, the, the mum was saying, right, so count them down from five. <laughs> and so they were doing this countdown but there was no marshal anywhere near and so we all like looked at each other and were like do we have to go when she says zero like are we, is the is this six-year-old gonna be the official race <laughs> um and then the the clock ticked down and then when it got to 10 it just reset to zero 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 and so again we all like nervously stared at it waiting for it to go one <laughs> two three but obviously nothing happened and then we all just stood there. I mean, yeah, it was like minus two. We all just stood there awkwardly waiting. And then finally, Marshall rocked up and was like, oh, I should we get going? For like four minutes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what Strava says. Four minutes been a surprise, A surprising um, addition to the Fred Hughes kind of story to have like a, a child counting, counting down from 10 to zero to, make, to start the race off. I think, uh, well, yeah, nice. uh, genuinely, at one point, a few of us did think that she was the starter. and We were just going to go when she said zero. Mm. So good. Could have gone. Could have won. Yeah, maybe. Mm. If, Sam, if that guy had have stood waiting for four more minutes. As Sam Sam, you, I've noticed on your um, Stravar that you've put a gold medal by, by your, um, on, on your title. Is that because Queen's Park done a gold no that's not a gold medal i i thought the gold medal was the one with the one in it wasn't it oh it's just a medal it's just a medal it's to celebrate the 30th oh. anniversary oh, so but that's we nice all, we all got a medal that's a lovely thing it's a lovely you know thing. you know you don't normally get a medal no you don't so I... this year for the first time oh. since 2016 they gave a medal that's a very good point because I did notice the medal and it looked really cool. Yeah. Sort of this sort of 3D runner um, kind of fading out because um, they're going so fast. Yeah. I was thinking that looks like Great Britain, but it's a runner, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Might be. That, that was how fast Fred, Fred Hughes. Uh, was. Uh, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, okay. So, start of the race, nice, easy pace. 
realized it was two laps thought i'd go steady for the first one a bit faster for the second one i'm not sure if you've ever done that in races but i think i'm going to stop doing it i'm going to run to feel for the whole thing because inevitably you do feel a bit shitter on the second half but then would you have felt more shit if you hadn't held back a little bit in the first half but i mean anyway i'm feeling good had a couple of nice people to chase down i was with Tim to start with, Donald was with us. We had a nice group. There was Nathan Pask was pushing great. And then we had a strider just ahead of us who was falling off his pack. So always people to chase and ended up being me, Nathan, and that strider. And that strider just really always wanted to be, uh, St. Alban strider, just always wanted to be in front of me. Like just, you know, some people like front running and seeing the road and some don't mind following. And both of us were more the front running and so every now and then he'd go take me and then I would take him got around to the second lap and there was a there was a van on the course and so we kind of it was going basically our pace for about 10 meters and then it slowed down so we were almost walking and Nathan and him went round the right hand side and darted as this van was trying to pull oh it was so close that I thought they were going to be in the bush and um he called them some interesting words and then just stopped. So I went through the small gap he had left. And luckily, we we're away from that. But that was the only altercation. Um, Matt didn't have one. So he, no, I don't know, he actually ran Fred Hughes. But yeah, m- more of the same. I caught up with them um, quite quickly. It felt like they actually let me catch up with them, which was a bit odd. But then carried on. And it was like yo-yoing again, me and him. And I thought, I haven't really gone to like, my kind of race finish yet so shall I just do that a bit early and just get in front because I'm sick of this but there's a bit of a hill towards the end of the lap isn't there you know that's slightly always icy and I was like I don't want to be beaten on that but then I thought right I'm gonna I don't know if you've ever done this when you've overtaken someone and you put in a bit of a spurt you like count to a certain number while you get doing that kind of um that surge so I usually count to 20 because I think it's quite a good Right, I'm running at nine out of ten until um, for for twenty counts or twenty seconds ish. So I went past him um, and then just counted. You know, made a concerted effort to push a little bit, and and then I couldn't hear them again anymore. You know, it's it's quite quick that you don't hear people. Um, and then by this point we were lapping people, so it's quite nice to cheer some of the Harriers and hear them cheering for me as well. Really, really lovely. And then up that bit of hill I thought right now I'm going to take it a little bit easier because I know there's still two three k from there um and I think that's where I heard Nathan kind of catching me and got to the pub where you turn and I thought right now I'm going to do it again because now I know it's pretty much 2k and I gave uh, another 20 seconds and he was gone again and then I saw Jasper and a couple of other people because you know that's a long road isn't it I'm sure Matt knows just how long that road is. It's so long from that pub. It just carries on and then there's a slight up and then a down and then an up. And you're like, oh, can you not? Um, and it may be even happier that I'm not doing Watford half because Watford half is like that worse. Um, and then, hmm. yeah, I mean, as I came towards the end, anyone who could see us would say, well done, runners. And I was like, runners? Oh, no. Who's the other one. Um, and I reckon at the same point where you got overtaken, Matt, is where I thought I allowed myself one look back to see how close he was. And he, he was far enough away for me to be like, OK, 
if he makes up that ground, I'll beat him in the sprint finish because that is a lot. Or he, or otherwise, he deserves that because that is, you know, he's quite far off. And so I just just put in a bit of a push and then down the hill and and I think he was like ten or so seconds behind me in the end, but definitely pushed me to something that I wouldn't have necessarily run at the end there. Um, and I didn't allow myself to look at the time. I just had heart rate on. And this is going to be my thing for the year. I'm running 23. 2023 is just every race I'm going to run on feel, I've decided. I'm not doing any checking. Um, well, it started well with a PB. But... I know, right? So I feel like I can, you know, if I looked at my splits afterwards <clears> and I thought if I'd seen some 325s, or there was a 312, but it's a downhill where everyone went quick. But if I'd seen those, I would have scared myself going, or you're going to pay for that later. But because I didn't look at any of the splits, I then ran a 90 second PB and I'm just like, right, that's it. I'm, I'm so going to were you that. running on feel. Were you yeah. like aiming to keep the heart at a level? What, what does that mean? Running on feel like were you, you know, if your heart had gone over a certain point, you should have held it back. I didn't really look at heart rate apart from up the hills. I didn't want to go above. I know that I can run at 175 um, heart rate for like 5k yeah. but if i start doing more than that and obviously it's much longer then i'm i'm, I'm going to cook myself so it was 172 up the hills when i allowed myself a look and i thought that's cool you know i'm backing off a bit here that's fine um and i didn't look at it otherwise it was literally just how does this feel considering i've got half the race left how does this feel considering i've got 2k left um or the first lap but i think the first lap i was a touch conservative um but equally it came out well at the end um and i was saying to matt it's three around 330s and i think with a gun to my head and also with like five like thinking of a flatter course i could have i could have kept that going for another 5k but then i'm sub 75 and that's the real like i've got to do that i've got to do that that's easily 75 as well it's a mental thing then isn't it and that's why i think i'm not going to run into numbers anymore for, for this year i'm just going to because it's quite a fun year where i've obviously got other things going on so i don't have to think about the numbers and i'm just going to run how i feel and i'll look at the heart rate as a kind of backup but you know mm. me and matt were talking yesterday at track about um not having a heart rate monitor and you say you know you'll feel for kind of easy and that and you do get that, don't you? I mean, if you're running six or seven days a week, you're going to get to know your body pretty well. I guess one advantage you were saying at the beginning of this uh, pod was that there was quite a field of people being able to pull you as well as... Um, so if you were out in the open, running to field might have been a little harder, perhaps. Yeah. You, you're kind of running up these hills or whatever you were doing. You, um, Your heart rate might have been... You might be a bit more stressed, thinking, oh, what, what pace am I supposed to be going? I'm out here on my own, you know, I've just got the hedges for company. Um, and it might just be a little harder at that point. I suppose that, that might be the difference at Brighton. If, if, if running at the same pace, it, it, it's putting you in the top, I don't know. I feel like looking at last year's results, it might put you in top 20, um, possibly. So yeah. that might be, it might be quite spaced out at that point. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Mind you, you'll have there'll be lots of people watching. No, I think it's a good I think it's a good plan, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Um and actually just talking about that, 
I'm I'm part of a WhatsApp group for Saw Running, just because they they did some stuff a few years ago cross country, and it reminded me of this thing. And it's quite interesting when I was just talking about that, it made me think. You know, you do know your body really well, particularly as a runner. You know, when you're feeling a bit better, a bit worse. And this guy put this thing when people were talking about running on feel and running on. There's a load of running chat on there, and Saw are probably like, geez, we're selling a lot of Nike shoes here. But this was quite an interesting one. This guy said, as athletes. We're very in tune with our bodies. I had a similar experience with fatigue a number of years ago. So it started off, this guy was like saying, I felt fatigue and I don't know where it's come from. I was training consistently and just felt drained um, when I knew I should have been feeling fantastic. I went to the doctor, they did a number of tests and I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. It's all fixed now because it was caught early. So my point is, if you're not feeling right, visit your doctor. could be something innocent, but just get checked out. It's so interesting that we because we are looking at our body all the time going, my leg's feeling all right, am I feeling tired? That that kind of thing can happen as well. So if you're feeling fatigued for no reason, it's worth checking out um, if you can. So that's worth saying just because it kind of came up and it was a bit of a uh, a reason to mention. I've just found that message. So join the saw group for some inspiration as well. <laughs> so Samuel, 75 minute push. Yeah, I've just been frantically looking up in the background. So, if if people's watches and Strava elevations and whatever are anything to go by, this year's Fred Hughes, my watch had 153 meters of elevation. My mate did the Brighton half last year, and his Strava says 59 meters. So it's a third of the distance again hmm. but it's only a third of the overall elevation Ooh. so much flatter so 74 minutes is on <laughs> but it, it can't be a window no excuses now i've looked up the elevation so i'm no excuses i expect 74 minutes oh you can always sorry. you can so you can blame the shoes it's fine yes it's three weeks after the baby as well Ah, uh, no, that should give me extra, you know. Anyway, interesting times. So that's my mantra for this year. Nice, run nice. to feel. Um, what does that put you on uh, for your week, Sam? Well, actually, yes, it was a much much lower week, so maybe I do need to think about um, tapers. But yeah, fifty four k. So uh, drop down, um, but then I'm going to try and go back up to around hundred this week and see how that feels because. I think you can do a drop down one and then go back to where you were, but we'll see. I'm trying to get a couple in before the 6th of February, which is <clears throat> baby day. Yeah, I think I think it's, well, on my plan, I'm dropping two weeks um, within the plan. I'm just going to have, and those weeks sort of tend to coincide with races, but, yeah, you know, I'm waiting now. So it's a, a dropped week and a pretty heavy race. Um, and then, just chill out on that um yeah the race the, the run the day after like an easy five or something but i don't know i think you're not going to lose out and it seemed to work for me um on the road to manchester last year having two weeks just like that mm. off weeks are good i think ed, ed was always banging on about that as well yeah and looking at the um, <clears throat> advanced marathoning there's two recovery weeks in that 16 week block so makes sense um right great stuff 
good highlights. Um, now we come to Matt's marginal gains, gains, gains. Gains. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, I think we, we had a little bit of a, uh, a chat about what we should do this week. And uh, I think Sam had posted a, a few weeks ago, he posted the, a picture of us before the Valencia Marathon or and, and sort of captioned it with something about race, rich pre-race rituals or whatever. So we thought it would be a good topic, a slightly different sort of take on marginal gains. So the things you do, yeah, race rituals, the things you do in advance of a race that you, in your head, you kind of have to do, and they give you that little mental edge, that mental sort of click that you're getting ready for a race. So for example, as per the picture that or the post anyway that Sam sent, he we we uh, stayed together or stayed in similar accommodation the, the night before races, and so he's seen that I always, if I can, I bring a foam roller, and I roll the night before a race, which is bizarre because I don't really roll at any other time <laughs> ever, but. The night before a race, I will religiously foam roll. I'll do the exact same order. I'll start with my carbs, and then I'll do the back of my hamstrings, and then my thighs, and I'll do the same thing every time. And it's just a ritual thing. Similarly, I don't like starting a race if I've not done strides before. Again, just like mentally gives you a little click that you're racing today. I always tend to have not the day before a race because then I feel lethargic, but the day before the day before I always take off. Um, but yeah, just little things that I will do to get me in sort of headspace for a race. So my question to you guys is, do you have anything similar? Is there anything that you do, sort of ritualistic thing that you do for a race? Uh, I'll go. I, uh, if you don't mind, Sam, <laughs> I, um, I always do this. I always do a, I always have a porridge. I always, if I can, I always have a porridge uh, and it has to be three hours before the start of the race. Uh, and I don't do you normally it, eat porridge or is that just a race? I thing? don't, no, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I might, I probably used to, I used to a little bit more um, when I worked in an office all the time. I was that guy that had the sort of the golden syrup porridge and just like stunk the office out. Um, there's worse smells, to be perfectly honest. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I certainly don't. I, I'll, I'll, I'll just have it. I think it's possibly because of those. If you're in a hotel, you never quite know. You're not going to want a full English breakfast. Um, your race might start really, really early, and uh, it, it, I just sort of have. You know, you just you just need a sachet. Um, and some of these just need just need to add water, so you just need a a, a kettle in the room. But it, it, the ritual is porridge. Um, I think Paula Radcliffe said she had porridge, and I think that was that was one of my my, my things. I think that was uh, just as as a as a, as a as a food, a bit of energy. And I think I assume that that's quite good. I think it was just the thought of well, you know, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna help you. Uh, oh, it's gonna help you digest a bit better. It might mean that that those toilet trips you make before the start are um you know easier 
potentially so I've always done that sorry that's not very nice um not very nice thought anyway we all, we all, we all know there's about six loo breaks before the actual start of the race um I think that's pretty normal um night before I don't foam roll I just look for a pasta but wouldn't be too late I'd always try to kind of get it an early evening if I can but no I don't um no, only one quick one. I think I've mentioned it once before. Is it, when I did my other sport and was fencing, it was, it was, it was music. I always used to make sure that I I listened when I I'd done well in a competition. Me and a fellow Queens Park runner, um, my brother-in-law Gilda, we won the we won the national fencing championships um, together in the team, and we uh, and I remember uh, that the song in my head was. Uh, it takes muscle by MIA, and nice. Since that point, I before a competition, you know, I'd always try to listen to that song, to try to get myself in the mood. Um, and so, do you not do that now? Do you not do that? Before I don't do. I don't do that for running. I, I don't think I have. I, I possibly. I wonder whether it would be good. I can. I can hear it now. But it just visualizing it puts you. The idea is to put you back into that frame of mind. Get your muscles feeling that tingly feeling that you you, you felt when you were. When you were at your best, it sort of tricks you in. You know, you, you do it in reverse. It's like smiling, isn't it? It's like smiling when you're running. I think Kipchoge says he smiles and it releases the sorts of um, endorphins that would happen in the other way around. If you were, if you laugh at something and then you end up smiling, it's a result of. So if you do it in reverse, you smile and then what happens is your body sort of relaxes. I think it's meant to be, it's meant to have the reverse effect if you listen to that music, it, it, it should put you back into that frame of mind. Uh, but so yeah, if, you could, yeah. if you could make a, a song request halfway through a marathon, would it be that song? I think it could be. Do you know, I think it could be. Um, just as you just as you said it, um, and I'm happy to move on to Sam in a sec, but just as you said that, I um, the song that would be We Are The Champions, um, because the Clevedon Boxing Day Dash which I've done 15 times now. At halfway point, there's always a family that plays We Are the Champions as you're running up um Heartbreak Hill, um, going up into like the 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 the, the hill the hill area of Clevedon. But they are always there since I've since I've remembered. Um so th- that always makes me happy. So that might be the song. Well, I'm anyway. I'm not running London this year, so maybe I'll get a little speaker system. Oh. oh, that would be yes. amazing! Okay. Yes, Matt. Oh, that would be that would make my day. Really would. Yeah, nice. Anyway, Sam, any pre-race ritual or just routine mm. that you go through? I really, I really don't. You know, when you said about the porridge, that's my go-to. Emma and I started adding chia seeds because we heard they were good once. Um, when we first did a marathon, we did every kind of talk that was around so martin yelling telling us all about stuff at london marathon talks and and anything that would give us a bit of advice um so yeah i think those little marginal gains that we'd we'd heard about were, were like having magnesium salt bars and things like that after but before before a run i don't really have anything like you see footballers um doing a jump on the left foot jump on the right foot um and actually i saw a really interesting thing about rituals i don't know if you've heard of steve magnus this coach yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Done a lot in American um, guy, right? Yeah. So apparently he worked with Salazar at yeah. um at the Nike. I mean, I think he was one of the whistleblowers around that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I think but he that's quit, a, didn't he? But yeah. But he's a great follow on Instagram and Twitter because he's always got these these really insightful words. And this was one I saw quite a few weeks ago, but I just found it. And it says, rituals are a coping mechanism for our brain, convincing it that we have more control than we actually do. It's quite, quite a good point, isn't it? That if you have some place you can take yourself when you're feeling nervous or unsure. So he says, if you're completing a task with a high degree of uncertainty and a low level of control, creating a ritual can be a helpful way to keep these thoughts doubts and anxiety at bay great idea isn't it because yeah, you, you, you're usually in a different place different course you never run it you're obviously feeling a bit unsettled sometimes the starter doesn't turn up until four minutes afterwards if you can take yourself to a place where yeah it's quite good um and yeah the thing that i normally see as a footballer doing something like the cross on their chest or tapping their foot or they put on their left shoe first before their right shoe because they've done that or Jack Grealish with his little shin pads. So it made me interested about what would be the 10 craziest superstitions of runners. <laughs> I don't know if this is a superstition, putting body glide on your feet, eating, this, eating the um, same food, trying your running shoes and then untying them and tying them again, <laughs> listening to Eye of the Tiger in the car. <laughs> cleaning your race shoes before the race pinning your number on the night before wearing the same lucky underwear very nice yeah um and then i wondered what was the the sport with the most superstitions can you guys guess which one i would say it's got to be it's probably an individual sport not a team sport i would have thought is it like equestrian or something. <laughs> I love that because of the Ooh. control of the horse or, or something. I don't know. I'm gonna go. It's, it's so you go, is, that, is that your guess? Well, okay. you well. I mean, with, with Sam's laugh, I'm gonna say that's probably wrong, but that's my guess. <laughs> I'll go. I mean, the sport that comes to mind with the people with the, that you see sort of most frequently do something ritualistic would be tennis. Oh, oh mm. hundred meter sprint, maybe. Do they do? They always, they always do the cross, aren't they? They're always kissing Sprint, the cross. Yeah, how they get into the blocks and stuff. They always do the same. Yeah, and they always like tick their hair one way and then put yeah. their fingers in a certain way. Now they all way. have a, they all have a, a dab. They do, I think. Well, they all that's following you staying bolts, isn't it? Is there an answer? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Apparently, it's baseball. Oh, Ooh. baseball's the one sport with the most superstitions, according to Deborah Minter. A writer from how they play. Every baseball player has their own superstition that they follow. So apparently, um, superstitions help to superstitions rituals help to boost confidence. Having a routine—that's what this is saying. Um, but that's obviously way off topic. So no, it is. It is interesting, though, isn't it? I definitely, I don't consciously do it, but you definitely do do them for. Like I said, like you say, a sense of control, a sense of confidence, yeah. right? Like, and then Runners World have these running related superstitions are surprisingly common. Superstitions: always huh. putting your spikes on early, never tie your laces up before, never tie 
up my laces if they open up during a run. Oh God, so leave them untied. Right oh God, shoe no. on. Right shoe dangerous. on first. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I knew that that's what I did. You'd be dreaming about it, wouldn't you? You'd be dreaming about not having your shoelaces tied up. And, and then this the race one, going. I retie my shoelaces one minute before any race starts. That is, yeah. because that's too close. Is, also, you don't have a time to realize, you know when it's too tight? Oh, God, that's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, no. Um, don't put your shoes on the bed of the table. Mm. I don't know if it's a superstition, but I also, I took my laces into my laces. So, like, you know, the lace along the front bit? So I tie my knot and then push them into the... Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. There's a lace... Um, Oh, actually, it's it's uh, Salomon shoes that actually have a lace like draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite good. Mm, yeah. Quite and then there's Lucky Gear, which kind of brings me back to the only thing that I could think of when Matt mentioned this, which was I don't I don't really have like a ritual. But during these kind of talks, one of the things they said was have yourself like a, a motto. So mm-hmm. um, some people take themselves to a place where they've given up something like family time during their training so that they can draw on that if it gets tough and I the motto that I kind of came up with the one of the first I think the first real push for a marathon like sub three was um I can I will and I thought it was quite nice at the time because it would work with with my feet while I was running I could go I can I will I can I will Mm. and if it got tough I could kind of literally say it to myself so I wrote it on my arm um that year and then very sweetly Emma got me a little, um, a little I can, I will bracelet, which I've worn. It's amazing that it's not more dirty, actually. It's in red and white as well. Which really in cool. red and white, yeah. She doesn't miss a beat. And there. sorry, have you worn this to every race since? I've worn it for one race. I was going to say, that is, that is like top-notch superstition if you have and you just didn't mention that till just oh, now. Oh, I know. I should wear it for every race, shouldn't well, I? Well, that's danger. I suppose it's danger of doing it. Suddenly you do well and you go, oh my God, I'm going to have to wear that now if it breaks. And then if it breaks, yeah, because it's... Oh. Um, well, don't put then, it on your wrist. Tie it to your laces. Oh, yeah, it could be a lace. And then I have this little Kenyan bracelet, but that's just lasted a long time and I can't actually get it off. So that's not really part of that. But um, I've only done well in nice races one. with my vest, with my vest, which has the orange on. That would have been the interesting one. Oh, the orange, the peeler. Yeah. Peeler. If you, if you iron, yeah, a peel, iron, iron an easy peel on your uh, top, then you run faster. Fact. <laughs> you don't have to be an easy peeler. Just fact. Just some yeah. fruits. Um, thank you, Matt. That was great. Do you have any um, final words? No, I think speaking of facts, I want to know about this the bottles. Yeah, I agree. Takes us back. About the bottles. Okay, before we go back to the answer, I think I know what I want to go with, but I don't want to um, affect your answer, Matt. So what would you go for? Well, I'm with you earlier on. It, it seems too high. It's, it's, that's like 10 bottles a person. It just seems there's people like me that just probably don't take any. I'll take one or two. Is the average going to be 10? It's, it seems too high. So but I would... Then- this is also Probably. all the water bottles at the event. You get one in your bag afterwards. Ooh. You get them all on course. And you remember they ran out once. And, I mean, they just can't afford to do that again. It's it's a really tough one. 
Okay, that's that's a good so, thought. I hadn't thought about the bags. There's a few things to think about here. Um, that, it's a really random thing for Neil to find. And if it was any less than half a million, it wouldn't sound a great number, would it? Like 250,000, I suppose a quarter of a million would sound quite good. But I think that's probably... Well, going back to your, well, going back to the maths. So if there's eight aid stations, yeah. you've got to have at least a bottle per person at, at the least. aid station. True. And if it's 50,000 times eight, that's 400,000, if I'm not rubbish at maths. And then the bag is an extra 50,000. So that's 450,000. So you are getting up towards... Oh, you know what now you're starting to make me think actually this is a, a really clever neil because actually it's a million and that's the kind of thing <laughs> you want to put on something and so he's actually underdone it and and it's one of those things you go oh my god that's because also they can't afford to run out of water they really cannot this is a major major event they're always going to overdo it and they're and definitely they can... aid stations there are eight aid stations. I'm pretty sure it's every 5K. And you would have at least what? Okay, I'm tempted to say it's real. I'm tempted to say it's not real, but it's actually because more. Because too many. Yeah, it's, I'm saying yeah, it's even more, more than so, half yeah. a million. So I think we still go with a Neil, but we actually think it's probably more. Okay. Now let's, get, that's, let's do one last thinking on this. First week was a real. Was it not? Neil, can you run us through it again? Oh, well, it no, was no. an accident. It was a real, but he accidentally. Accidental. So he meant he meant it to be a real. And then second week was a Neil. So would he go back to a real or would he go to a Neil? I mean, he looks like he can't remember what he's. He's also on mute. I think he's trying to talk to us. <laughs> I am on mute. I did stuff up the number on the first week, to be fair. But you were meaning for a real. Yeah. Let's go with it. Let's go with to, Neil. To, to, to blow your mind. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's go with Neil. Just your final final answer. Right, so yes, have you got it up on your screen, your number of aid stations? Are you absolutely certain? You've got a chance. No, um, no, 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 no looking, no looking, no looking. Well, we've already, we've already locked it in. Oh, is, so... that, is, that, is that locked in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll reveal it then. The answer okay, is it is a Neil, so you were right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, What's the actual number? Seven hundred thousand. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I mean, it's an impressive number. I, I, Sam, your logic—you've been around me too long. Your logic was exactly right. I think I was trying to be impressive and trying to think of an impressive number. That was less than seven hundred thousand. I think if I'd gone four hundred thousand, you'd be like, oh, "That's not." You wouldn't like brag about that. I don't know why. I mean, you would, but then you think, "Well, oh, fifty thousand people." Yeah, half I a actually, million sounds good, yeah, doesn't it? Half a million is like a good, like, number to go. Well, that's mm. five hundred thousand recycled bo bottles turned back into bottles, but seven hundred thousand is the answer, which is pretty good. Yeah. Even even Although better. it doesn't sound as impressive as half a million for some reason. No, no. It's, they shouldn't yeah. have tried to stretch it out to three quarters of a million. They could have done three quarters of a million. If you've got to say million, like news reporters say, if they're trying to say million. million. Like when someone's won the lottery and they've won one 
billion pounds, you know. Or they should just put one million little asterisks and put rounded to the nearest million. <laughs> yeah, like rounded up the nearest million. Okay, well, oh, well, we're ahead. Uh, it was all right. It was, it was quite fun, wasn't it? Quite fun. Who won? Play. It's been this, fun. So far, this competition is taking on the, a very similar form to my Fred Hughes. Start off at the back of the pack. Realize that there's too many of you. I'm worrying. I'm worrying. Um, this is getting this is going to get harder and harder and harder each week for me to try and think of something to try and fool you two with. But um, yeah, well, we're in. We, we're we in move, your head now, Neil. We we move. I know. We move on. I've been so week to go. Oh God, what should I do? What should I do? Okay, that's all right. Will yeah, it be a, a fact? Tough one. Next I don't week? know. What... It'll be a fact. It's a fact. It's, it's got to be a fact, Neil. You've yeah. got to go with the fact. It's tough. It's tough, but I'm sure you'll get through it. You'll you'll have a week to think of it. Um, what is coming you need to, up? You need to, you? Just oh, in sorry. case, though, you need to start um, shopping for that string vest. Then. Yes, because we did agree. Start you, planning. I, you two agreed. Yeah, yeah. Well, shop for that. Shop for that string vest, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, we can get one from Bill's <laughs> attic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd I'd wear that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, let's try and find that. Oh, I'll wear the yeah. shoes. Oh, oh, the original shoes, which were just not oh, right. Two pounds. Like, yeah, you just used to wear, like, gloves in your feet, apparently. Apparently, you used to, you used to set fire to your feet and run. That was the, that was the way they used to do it. Um, Matthew, what have you got coming up over the next week? Uh, hoping for a peel. You up for mm. a peel this week? Thursday. Mm. I'm afraid not. That's a no. Yeah. Uh, we've got a um, we've got a leaving do at work, so I'm running with Neil tomorrow in Victoria Park. If you'd like to come down, Neil's doing a dab. Lunchtime. Yeah, lunchtime. Very long way from my work. Mm. That's possible. Where are um, you? Nah. Where's the office? South mm. Bank. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> 10K nice warm-up. Warm nice warm-up and cool down. Yeah, yeah anyway. No, um, to the, no to the peel. Never mind. Sorry. How about you, Sam? What are you up to? Uh, well, I think we should go for Neil first. What do you have? Oh, well, you, you won't believe it, but I'm, I'm going to be doing um, uh, a peel in the uh, in Victoria Park tomorrow with, 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 with a certain someone. Uh, although it's not going to be too intense. It'll be a pro progression, I think, sort of like a two-lap each lap is sort of starts slow and gets a bit quicker and then goes like back a to semi peel. Yeah, but but because basically there's the uh South of England cross country champs at Beckenham Park on Saturday. So I'm coming up with uh four guys, three other guys from Worthing uh for that. Uh we'll drop our bags with the with, with Queen's Park if there's no uh, flag for Worthing. But um we'll be and that's why that's why I let Neil go first because unfortunately I'm not. I'm not able to make it down on Saturday now. No. I know. I know. Very sad about that. That's it's a. It's a three-hour round trip to run eight k. But you went to, all the way to Leeds to run ten. Not. And it wasn't even ten. And you stayed overnight. That's not a good excuse. Yeah, I've got. I've, we'll we'll yeah, chat about this, but that's unfortunately, it's. Uh, it's unlikely. It was. It was you know what? It's quite. What's quite interesting is that it's only an hour and twenty for me. Wow. From 
from Worthing. Um, well, maybe like add on, I'm going to add on 10 for sort of waiting for waiting for relevant trains and stuff, but um, it's a little closer, uh, weirdly. Yeah, you're not, not going to drive it, you're going to train it up. Definitely getting on the train. It's an hour to East Croydon from here. Oh, and yeah. uh, then it's then it's a tram straight to Beckenham Park. So Tram? Oh. Yeah, South London trams. Well, have a think, uh, but you've obviously thought about it long and hard. We'll talk about it later. I'm sure we will. But, but that face, that face, if you can't see, that face is disappointment, big time. Maybe, maybe I'll come near and run across country. Oh, yes. You should. You should. I'm not. You, you haven't I've thought about it. I'm not doing it. It's all right. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, all right. Well, It'll be nice to see some Harriers there. And Queen's I think Park. there will be some. I think Bill will be there. Some of the more committed Harriers. Yeah, the actual Harriers. Um, Disappo I'm disappointed. It doesn't matter. I'm disappointed. I know, and that's why I told you here, because I thought it would be a good place where mm. you couldn't be too disappointed. And the fact that you're even saying that shows how... I'm holding back. I'm holding back the tears. I will be throwing my computer across the room in a second. <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you worry. No, you know we cannot edit, edit out any of this, by the way, so... Fine. Mm. all right guys brilliant to chat if i don't appear on next week's episode it's because oh, we've, 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 we've fallen out big time look on his face he's uh, so unhappy i know i don't know why as well it's just across country <laughs> silence brilliant <laughs> it's brilliant on that all happy right. note yeah jeez hi guys wow. wow lovely to chat no, guys it's, right. it's okay i'll let you off um, time for oh. some silent witness. Silent witness and a bottle of red. Yeah. Finish this bottle off. Finish this bottle off on my own. Yeah. Be good. Yeah. All right. Love you. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye. Yeah. <clears throat> Run. Heal. Chat. Repeat. Repeat.